Hey, it's me. Special episode of Out of the Bar Podcast. I'm once again your host, Mike, for this special episode. Joining me as usual, the usual suspect himself, we have Jeff. Jeff, what's up? What up? <laughs> I'm making his triumphant return <laughs> to the I'm, show. <laughs> you know what? Let's be honest for a minute. Um, I'm basically I'm basically Jeff. I'm just a lot more handsome and uh, a lot more successful. And I've tied myself to a lot more, you know, basically businesses and things that are happening. Uh-huh. Unlike Jeff, who decided to leave Orlando did, yeah. and ran to Jupiter. I believe Jupiter, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. He's like, oh, surf's up, bro. I don't know with his Val Kilmer haircut. I don't, I don't even know anymore. Where are you, Jeff? Why haven't you visited me yet? <laughs> Making his triumphant return after a long hiatus. People have been asking for him. He is here. None other than David's back, guys. Shirt on, baby. David is back. So we are here recording live at Ellipsis Brewing, Orlando's newest brewery. And before we get started on this great episode, I just want to let everyone know, January 20th is our grand opening for Ellipsis Brewing. A lot of new beers, a lot of great, great beers. The market has been calling for a great brewery. It has come, guys. Ellipsis Brewing, right by the International Airport in Orlando, about five minutes away from it. January 20th, it will be an all-day event. Come by, there will be food there, lots of good beer. The best staff of all time, with the most handsome staff of all time, meaning me. <laughs> me and you. Yeah, yeah, me and you. Yeah. I think we're going to go, like, literally, I think we're going to tie our shirts up a little yes. bit and let some belly Take out. Take them off. Yeah? Yeah. Take them off. Yeah. Oh, whoa, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. But you guys, go from zero to 60. <laughs> January 20th. One o'clock. One o'clock it starts. Ellipsis Brewing. Check it out on the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and, and come by and see us and let us know what you think. We'd love to have you, and it'll be a good event. And it's Orlando's newest brewery, guys. So come on out, say hi, enjoy some great, great beer. Um, I'm excited for, for us to, to finally, you know, be grand, grand open ready and for us to help boost the Orlando market to make it even better than what it already is. Well, how so. many, how, it's been, it's, by that point, it'll be like probably 50 days or something like that of, of being open. Of being so. open, yeah. Of soft opening. Yeah, soft, soft, not hard. Soft. Not hard, though. Not hard. Okay. Until then, January okay. 20th. I'll be working there, too. Yeah. So I'll be here. You'll be here. I'll be here. I think everybody's – I literally, I think every, all staff is on deck or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it'll be a good event. So come on by, everybody, and let us know. Let us, let us all know that at the bar sent you. It'll be a cool yeah. event. If so. the beer sucks, please, by all means, you should probably tell Mike that and say it's his <laughs> fault. Yes. I, heard, I heard he gets in the back and he likes to tinker around with things. He takes a wrench every now and again, just starts hitting metal tanks. Speaking I, I, of which, great segue, David. We, we, we treated this new beer here. Is it going to be for? Is it going to be for the? Uh, it's going on like it's going on. It's going on like probably right tomorrow. Tomorrow at, the, at this recording. It, once that keg like chills out a little bit, yeah. that that keg's going to get rolled over. It's only a slim, so it's only True. a sixtal. Um, that's going to get rolled over, and that's going to be in, and it's going to kind of become like a little teaser that leads up to like what's going to happen at the grand opening. Yeah. So it's going to be a good conversation point. Yeah. So we took one of our base styles at Dinosaur Skirts, and we treated it with. Fresh coconut. Fresh coconut. Fantastic. All natural ingredients. All natural ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> All natural. It was treated. We had some before the show, and it is awesome, guys. Great coconut flavor. No suntan lotion. None of that. It's fresh. Good balance. You get a lot of the good malt bill from the dinosaur skirts. A lot of the good flavor from that base out with some fresh, fresh coconut. So it's solid. I'm yep. very excited. So am I. Excited for that to, uh, to, to come it- out and for people to have it. Any chance we can get you to do a keg stand that day? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we'll do with it right or now. without my shirt off? <laughs> I, I don't give a shit. Just do it, man. <laughs> so I'm drinking a uh, 
normally when we start the show, David, we, we always go about what are we drinking? So I'm drinking a Pinks and Greens, which is one of the flagship beers here. It's their New England style IPA. It is awesome. Coming from the non-IPA guy like myself, I cannot stop drinking this beer. And a lot of people love it. It's been getting a lot of good ratings. Yeah, I remember when I brought you some beer back in the day at World of Beer, you're like, I'm not an IPA fan. I remember yeah, bringing like yeah. Julius and all these beers. I, I, bet kinda, you, I poo-pooed on Julius I, a little I, bit. But I bet, you, I bet you you've changed. I bet you you've changed oh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But what, what the greatest thing about it is um, I heard a little rumor about pinks and greens, uh-huh. right? So apparently Rob was doing something in the back, and he made a mistake and forgot to put oats in it. And it was like he looked over and he saw like this pile of leftover grain that he didn't use and he just said well too late we're just going to go with it and the beer is technically like a little bit of a mistake but sometimes those mistakes turn out to be some of your best creations yeah ask cigar city that <laughs> you know yeah their, their big beer was a, was a mistake so you know a lot of great things happen I'm, I'm super excited so a lot of good things and you know it's all about making the orlando market better so yeah, I'm they, they, every time I listen to them talk about it and, you know, just being around it, I'm family, so I'm very fortunate to hear some of the inner grumblings and as well as a beer tender with Mike. Um, yeah. I try only to work with Mike. Whenever whenever Mike's yes. on, I'm like, I got to come out and work that night. <laughs> but um, they, they've they got some pretty wild little things going on. And, um, you know, Mike and I are trying the... You said dinosaur skirts with coconut in it, yep. but there's also supposed to be some some other cool things coming up on the uh, horizon in terms of milk, the milk district, which is a IPA with lactose, and the That's goal is good. yeah throw some coconut in there and see what yeah. it does, right? Maybe drill yeah. some holes in some coconuts and then pour the beer gently Randle in there, the, and the no, <laughs> just pour beer in there and then seal it and then let it sit for like coconut like ninety aged. days, yeah, like like soak it in a bourbon barrel. I don't even know what are they going to do next. Yeah, I mean they're all good beers. I, I'm lucky enough to try everything, so they're all fantastic. Yeah. And maybe you can say I'm being biased, whatever. Mike, I've never tell me. Been, I've never been like that. Tell so. me about the names of everything over here. Like, what are they? So every, what, yeah, man. What's up with the names uh, and the beers, though? Everything's the weird. The names are, are 90s themed. Like, you know, Did I Do That is one. Um, Dinosaur Skirts from Jurassic Park is another. What? So there's a lot of. From where? Jurassic Park? Yeah, so what is that all about? <laughs> Something about Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally, he like. Hey, how do you tell the sexes of the dinosaurs or whatever? You walk around the park and just lift up their dinosaur skirts. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't it's know who came up with that idea. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, I got a, got a little cough there. Hey, Is Jeff, it? by the way, you're not on the show and I am. Just want to throw that back out there. <laughs> he knows about it. He's like, hey, make sure you have a good episode. Yeah. God help me. Oh, dude, honestly, yeah. it's, already, it's, it's already, like, literally, it's already ten times better now. <laughs> no audio is cutting My, out. Mike already said that um when this is all done and i don't know why i keep calling you by mike <laughs> hey, mike. Say, i gotta bleep it out <laughs> but the, the, the <laughs> but the truth is we're at that point jeff where um basically we want to we really want to have a moment with you and just let you know that you're no longer part of the show and i am a full-time fill-in so it's it's great i really do appreciate everything you did up to this point and i'm glad that you handed the torch to me and and now it's time to really make a funny and legit and really good podcast so jeff i hope you're having fun um cassie's gorgeous oh my god she's so gorgeous um is he still with cassie yeah mm-hmm. dude oh my god man lucky they're you both, they're both very great people yeah are they are they like engaged both. or anything like that yet no soon enough you watch yeah they're gonna have babies Maybe. soon Maybe a little good for you, around. Jeff. Good for you, Jeff. We love you. We miss you. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. Honestly, you, you got me on that. It's just so sensitive and just so touching. <laughs> what? What? Your last name? Or no, <laughs> or no. The, the fact you keep fucking. I'm like, great. I got to beep that now. I'm like, beep. <laughs> Do you got to beep that out for yeah, real? Oh, that's fucking I mean, awesome. I don't have to. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> for privacy reasons. Hey, trust me. It wasn't a curse word, guys. <laughs> it wasn't slanderous at all. It was just a, a well-needed beep. Yeah, yeah. So now that you know, we're actually recording live and not over Google Hangouts and there's no audio cutouts, which is... Saves me a lot of work, man. I, you know, I talk to Jeff all the time, and me and Jeff have a lot of similar tastes in, in beer and kind of what we think. And mm-hmm. So this episode is kind of be focused on you as a consumer, kind of how you see the industry and kind of what we're seeing as a trend. And, and really a big topic I, I've been wanting to say for like a big roundtable, and we can still do it because opinions change, and there's just, there's just the two of us. But the big topic I was saving for a big roundtable was the shelf discussion with so many craft beer out there so little shelf the power of ab controlling the shelf and 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 kind of pushing craft beer out the craft beer fighting for the little space they get and that whole topic is something i kind of want to discuss with you on a more you know intimate level sure so the the conversation if you guys don't know is there's so much there's over five thousand breweries and Everyone is distroing to some point. And that's that's when you open a brewery. first step is to open a brewery. Second step is to you know hopefully brew good beer, and then the third step is to eventually get in a distro. Whether it's keg, bottle, can, hopefully can over bottle. Well, stores like ABC, like Total Wine, all these you know bottle places only have so much space to carry everything, and the problem is there's so much beer that you know there's a going out of date problem. There's a distributor problem of this distributor wants this amount of shelf space the other one wants this amount of shelf space and you just don't have it so you're trying to make the other one happy and you're pissing off the, the other distributor so this whole conglomerate of a clusterfuck is is going on right now and it's becoming a more and more of a problem for you know on the on the retail side and distributor side too and at, at all levels so mm-hmm. kind of you know let's start from the beginning david and kind of like what do you look for when you go to a bottle shop or a uh, a total wine or an abc in terms well, of, of craft beer, what you're going to buy. I think let's let's take that back even a step further to earlier on what got me into craft beer mm-hmm. and going to uh, where Jeff used to work, World of Beer. Yep. And Our first uh, you, think about, you think about World of Beer and you, you think about everything that they have in those coolers and you see uh, up to 500 different bottles plus 50 additional taps or maybe even more. Um, Jeff's probably screaming right now. It's this many it's exactly. It's it's four hundred and ninety-two point <laughs> seven, and that's because we dropped one bottle. I mean, but right. the truth is, um, one of the allures about when I, mean, I started in two thousand eleven, one of the allures of of World of Beer was there were so many different options. You could walk in there, and every day of the week, you can always just try something different for the entire three hundred sixty-five days. You haven't even made your way through it. Plus, if you want to have two beers. In, in the course of a year, yeah. they're going to change over and over and over, and bottles are going to go, bottles are going to come in. But <clears throat> that had its own little mark, and, and it still does in craft beer. You have to have variety. Uh, the mm-hmm. consumer nowadays is getting very, very bored with just the same thing over and over. And, like, I love Cigar City. I, I, I have an El Catador membership, but I go in there, and they just put the middle – um, TV screen or the middle tap lineup of the big TV screen is all core beers, and it's so like odd. I'm not I'm, I'm I'm good. I've already had those beers. I've already worked my way through those beers. I come back and I've had them again, but it's too much. So, you know, now when you go do like a Total Wine, ABC, 
Um, and I'll name, I'll name a couple of big store sure, or a couple of big craft beer stores that I really really love. You've got Shamrocks up over all, by UCF. All in Orlando. Yeah, yep. yeah. All in Orlando. Orlando. We'll stay in the actual city limits of Orlando. Shamrock. Uh, maybe I'm going to go to Winter Park. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go in the Greater Orlando area. How about right. that? Yeah. So we got Shamrocks. That is Great place. that's in, technically in Orlando by UCF, and they've got a solid bottle uh, lineup. But same thing, very very limited on just that one shelf that runs plus a little bit of the cooler, which you're fighting with macro. Um, and then you go over to Big C's, mm-hmm. right? Big C's has a lot bigger of a selection. Head and gem. It's a head and gem. Yeah, it's a, it definitely is. You can find some really good old aged bottles, plus great a pr- bunch of new crazy things coming great out. Pricing too. Yeah, great pricing and good people too. Um, you go over to Total Wine. Obviously, we're talking about the mega, the, the big guys, right. uh, especially Colonial Store, where you walk down aisle after aisle after aisle of just everything you can think of, and then you go to. Uh, somebody like Nightly Spirits, same thing, one aisle, but they have a lot of these lambics and old, you know these older aged, you know, belta goos and 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 different, yeah, basically goos, gosas, lambic, yeah. sours, just and and they do really good on that side of it. Plus, they have a, a solid amount of the regular stuff, and. You, you go in there and, and you go to ABC and ABC I, I kind of put in between the middle of a total wine and one of these little home, you know, these little mom and pop shops yeah. because they get like a solid amount, but they don't overdo it. Right. Total wine has definitely, it's Isles. just it, total wine is like, it's like almost a mind fuck when you walk right. in there. Right. But one of the big things is, is you walk in and you see so much. If you're first time in craft beer, you see so much and you're like, oh, I don't even know where to start. It's overwhelming. And then if you're in craft beer, there's certain areas that they'll do over at Total Wine that are like the specialty aisle, right? The specialty, the limited, the, the seasonal, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And you go over or the manager's best picks and stuff like that or the employee's picks. And you go through and you start looking at these different beers and you start really going, okay, I need to, I need to focus over here. And you no longer walk down some of the Correct. other aisles. Yeah. And you walk right past things or your eyes become, you just dart over everything real fast and you go, I don't recognize any, I don't see any different label. Everything I recognize, boom, I'm going to just move on. And you look for end caps and you look for the specialties. When I went into Big C's uh, about a month ago, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm cherry picking, right? I'm just grabbing a bottle here, a bottle there. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you have this. It's just sitting on a shelf. And the owner there, he said it. I mean, he just said, there's, there's too much. There's too many varieties. Every single brewery is brewing a, a, a IPA. And I remember Jeff talking about some of the other episodes. <laughs> everybody's got an IPA. Everybody's got a brown ale. Everybody's got a lager. And the truth is, that's how it's going. But now everybody's got an Imperial Stout. Right. Everybody's got a bourbon barrel aged this, and they have a sour this. And it's just, it is overwhelming, even for the beer connoisseur, nerd, uh, geek, whatever you want to call sure. somebody. And you walk in, and you see it. And you recognize certain bottles you want, like a Last Snow or a Last Buffalo in the Park, and or you find a you need find something unique and unique. Or Jackios comes into town for the first time, and you're scarfing up some of their beers. But it gets to the point where, well, we just took, got another distribution for another brewery to come in here, and then the shelf space for everybody else just gets smaller and smaller. Shrinks. And there's, I'm sure there's breweries that just go poof. And they're gone. Yep. They just didn't make the cut anymore. Right. And like you said, out of date, out of code. I wonder what's happening and all that stuff. It's a problem. Someone's got to eat that. Yeah. Eat that Someone money. Someone has to eat it, yeah. And, and you make a good point. It's, it's, there's only so much shelf space, like I said. But it's, you know, everyone has an IPA, and everyone's going to have the treated IPA with a grapefruit. And everyone's, so one base beer, you're going to have, depending on the brewery, various treatments. for. I mean, last note is treated how many times? <laughs> you know, at least three. Yeah. Or the, and then they have the brewery only. Well, they have their porter. 
they have their porter that's a maple bacon, so last snow, it's who knows what else they're doing right. with the porter, you and know? It's, it's, I mean, you have the highlight, you have white oak highlight, you have the ultra-rare peach highlight, which I don't even know if they make it anymore, so it's, it's overwhelming, yep. and it's causing a problem. It's almost self-destructive in yep. the industry, and that's we're, where We're oversaturation. Yeah, we're getting there. We're really, really getting there, and it's scary because yep. it's going to be places like this that'll survive, right? Because you'll be able to come get the novelty here or maybe at a bar, but... When you start going to distribution, just think about that, Mike. You go into distribution, and if nobody wants your beer, you're already brewing two more batches of that beer behind already, it. Yeah. And you're already canning it and bottling it and getting it ready. And then all of a sudden, the first batch of beer you did isn't even selling. Right. And now you're, you're buttoned up against it, and then the distributor tells you basically to take a hike. Yeah. Right? And then you can get dropped, yeah. And then you have to dump all that beer or whatever you have to do with that mm-hmm. beer, you know? And so you go out of state. Doesn't matter. It's happening in Georgia. It's happening yeah. in Alabama. It's happening everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's a crazy thought to think that. And, you know, and from the retail side, it's like I have to pick and choose mm-hmm. what I want to carry, what I don't want to carry, and the beers I don't carry are going to sit in the warehouse of the distributor, and they're cowing. They're you know they're not getting fresher. They're mm-hmm. getting older. So what's going to happen next? What? How many sculpting treatments are going to be there? That's going to. And then you got there's so much going into it that it's it's scary. I think it's going to be a very. I think it's not a big problem now but very soon it's gonna be a huge problem to where distro isn't gonna be a goal anymore either the government or there needs to be a law to where breweries can self-distro or just not distro at all and just have everything out of house yeah have every can out of house cool. do release events yeah. out of house. you got to go to that brewery to get that beer right and i think that is gonna be more of the future and, and then distro is gonna fall so yeah know, i mean i i think it's it's don't I mean, everybody's trying to get into every other state. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I say everybody, right? Obviously, it's a grain of salt, yeah, yeah. right? But, you know, um, look at, like, like I, keep, I keep going back to Jackie O's. I just looked over and the end cap's full of Jackie O's. And I'm like, that's awesome. We don't get that in Florida. So you scarf it up. That's when, um, who makes boom sauce? I don't know if you remember, not uh, glorious. Lord Hobo. Okay. They came in, and I remember their end cap oh, just destroyed, destroyed, right? Everybody just took everything off of it. Um, there's a couple of their beers that just... That just came in, and I'm thinking it's like Coffee Bender or something like that. There was some other beers that just come in, and we destroy them, and I mean, now they— Neon. M.I. is Neon. Oh, Jesus that Christ, that's such a good like, beer. You guys, I mean, because it's a great beer, but people, you scarf it. You look, yep. give me the Neon. Where's the Neon? Where's the but, Neon? But something else. So the consumer only has so much money. Right. They only have so much money they can spend a week on beer. And eventually— the store continues to add in. Now, now maybe the store doesn't increase their volume in terms of how many, but someone's getting bumped. Someone has to get the has to get the boot, and or you open up more shelf space and hope that that shelf sp- you're able to work through it. Right. So the only beers that you can really work with that can age are those really good imperial stouts and sours. And there's other beers you can age, and don't by any means. I'm not saying other beers can't be aged, but some of those sours will just continue to develop and get even better and better and better that they'll become a gem eventually and, and right. they'll sell too. And some of those store owners hold on to them because they know yeah. what they'll do. And there's some also thing about, you know, there's 5,000 breweries in the, in the country um, and I don't have the per state distro numbers, but craft beer still only consists of about 15% of the craft of the market. And that's yep. what people have to, everyone has to that, Macro still owns 85%, and that's divided up against three, four companies mm-hmm. to where if you're talking money-wise, that's an exorbitant amount of money. Think, think about um, – don't even let's not even talk about Anheuser or the ones who uh, – Miller Coors, Constellation. Yeah, yeah. Right? Think about – yeah, think about Constellation. Think about um, 
is it the Firemen's Association that bought out Cigar City or is like a major stakeholder it's, per well, in? It's the dude who, I, I Firemen the guy who something. started Oscar Blues yep. has some investment company or is a part of an yep. investment company that bought Cigar City. And okay, Karen. so we always talk about my, macro, micro, right? right? We, as if I've been here every fucking time he's ever done a podcast. Um, macro, micro, right? You can't tell me that whoever that, that company, that association is, right? Right. Of the ones that are Perrin, Cigar City, Oscar Blues. If you were to collectively take all those breweries together, that's macro. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, Each right. one independently is micro, right? Probably meets whatever requirements are. But they're getting into that mode where they're macro. Sierra Nevada is getting very close to that. Uh, Sam Adams. Sam Adams, is, yeah. Is, is, is right there. Under yeah. And they do it probably to stay underneath that, but it's not even it's not even fighting against the big big companies anymore. There are other mid-sized companies that are scoffing up a bunch of breweries, and they're becoming big. And now all of a sudden, you're kind of you're competing. I mean, really, as as a as a home brewer turned okay, this is a hobby. Now it's actually a business. You're not. You're not even. It's not. You can't even look at Anheuser Busch and say you're my only competitor or Miller Miller Coors. Right. It's right. now. There are a ton of breweries out there that are getting gobbled up and becoming basically larger companies, but staying independent, right. so to speak. And that's a, that's a good point because I know me and Jeff have mentioned numerous times on the show, and I mean we both love craft beer. I know we kind of poo poo on it sometimes, but it's, it's the it's being it's a realistic situation of you know the camaraderie the brotherhood the sisterhood of breweries whether it's orlando tampa whatever is great and i think that's a good thing to collaborate and to support each other but at the end of the day it's business yep and i know we got i got a lot of shit for saying for kind of sticking up with the buyout saying dude if someone came up to me offered me 500 million dollars for a company i started five years ago why am I going to say no? Like that's, let, that's, let that's me crazy tell you to me. Yeah, let me tell you something right now. And, and, and anybody, anybody out there, I understand there is a passion. And there is – let me tell you something right now. I go in the back out there, and, and I don't brew, but I help. You know, I'll sit there and scoop stuff out of the mash tun or, you know, Clean, I'll, I'll stir – yeah, 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 sweet. Whatever, whatever needs to be done, I'll beer tend. And let me tell you something. There is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into a business and, and goes into a brewery. Um, but I will tell you right now. That if somebody came by and offered someone six hundred and fifty million dollars, I'm sorry, but that's like winning the lotto. That's like you know, that's like playing the lotto and then you win. And I, you know, at that point, what do you do? You take the money, right? You sell it. Go open another brewery. Put the investment away. Go open another brewery, and then just do everything that you've always wanted to do, and do it from the start, and do it the right way. Go for the rest of your life and just live a, 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 a great. Yeah, you You're know, honestly, rich. honestly, we, you know, again, I understand the passion behind homebrewing. I homebrew myself. I understand the passion of it. But everybody there who's homebrewing, right, that wants to open a business now. There's some homebrewers that just don't care. I've, I've met homebrewers just, just do it. I've met homebrewers that brew their own beer. Because they don't want to pay the big prices. <laughs> they just brew. They're like, oh, right. I want a brown ale. And they just brew enough brewing. of it. It's, it's super and, cheap. And, and yeah, it's yeah. cheaper than having to go out and do it. Um, but, but the truth be told, if anybody has the aspirations to take from a homebrewing level to go to a business, why are you doing it? You're doing it because you want your beer to get up more pe- to more people. But you're also doing it to be a business and make a living off of it. Right. right now we're telling you, you have a chance to take something that you're making a lot of money off. And now you can become a millionaire. So, you could be set for life. 
right? And uh, honestly, what's the American dream, right? The American dream is to open a business, become, you know, filthy rich, filthy rich retire early. And yeah, cruise around your boat, yeah, you know, off, of, yeah. off the coast of Jupiter with a <laughs> shitty haircut that looks like Val Kilmer. And, uh, you know, and just say, you know, my, my claim to fame was being on, you know, at the bar podcast and, and also, uh, selling and, my brewery and and you know and having uh having a career at wob i mean i <laughs> i'm sorry jeff <laughs> he can fucking deal with it he's not even fucking here dude that pisses me off so bad let me tell you something right now mother or you you need to get your ass up to orlando seriously you used to live here you used to live and breathe and and whatever orlando and then you ran what's down in jupiter i mean i get it it's a little warmer got some beaches and stuff like that you know what i'm fucking moving to jupiter it sounds a lot <laughs> better already <laughs> uh he was up here uh for thirsty tofers not good enough not good enough i just didn't have your number but it, he needs to come over to, he needs to come over here he needs to come hang out with me you remember those times he will you remember we'll those days what does he look like now same okay shit yeah. <laughs> gorgeous as ever he's a, oh, he's yeah. a sailing model now yeah honestly i don't what does he do for oh you know we probably want uh, to talk he, about no he, no we mentioned he's uh he runs a uh, black uh, marlin and stewart the seafood restaurant gotcha right downtown hey next time you come up bring me some like um you know how like they do the bone-in ribeyes or whatever mm-hmm. bring me some like head in shrimp don't don't take the heads off the shrimp please <laughs> i don't like please peel peel the, the tail because that's fucking annoying as shit <laughs> but leave the head in jeff and make sure it comes in there because i just like to look at this thing as i'm fucking eating its ass <laughs> You think Jeff's laughing right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like obviously, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk, let's real talk for a minute, okay, right? Yeah. So, wh- what time is it right now? It's it's, it's almost nine o'clock on right. on uh, Monday. Monday night, right? And it's January eighth. Just in case anybody's asking about that, right? Right now, like it's going to be a couple of days before they hear this, right? Yeah, it's gonna be a couple okay, days. so a couple of days from now, Jeff's eating a scone, right? <laughs> Sipping on his latte, right? Yeah, yeah. And his beach bungalow, probably living this on the is, coast. This is post yoga. Yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> this sorry, shit Jeff. gets better and Jeff, better. I love you, man. Oh my god, it gets better and better. So he just got done getting his haircut, right? He's got that shitty like comb over, like full blown, you know, shaved down to a one probably. Uh-huh. And he's like, they go, "What do you want?" And he go, "I don't know. Just made me look like a, you know, I, I can't say, it. I can't even say. It. <laughs> I got to be careful what I say. You just made me look like an idiot, right? Val Kilmer look alike. I, I swear to God, I love you, Jeff. So then they they go and do that, right? And he's like, okay, fuck, man. Like, he makes himself like a big ham and cheese sandwich, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's using spicy mustard. Right now, right now, he's listening to this. He's like, holy shit, he's holding the spice. No he's actually thing. eating that. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's sitting there, and Cassie's yelling at him, you know. She's like, damn it, you didn't cold brew the coffee this time, right? She's drinking, like, whatever. <laughs> She's drinking Bustelo, those little K-cups or whatever, right? Yeah, right. He's okay. sitting there drinking this shit, right? And he's eating his, his, his ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> right it was spicy ground up mustard right <laughs> and he's he, it's a new shirt. he's sitting there he's just sitting there he's like how does this fucker know so much about me right like he said <laughs> yeah. he's still got a little bit of sweat on his brow from the yoga doing those like whatever squats or whatever those leg lifts they are trying to maximize his glutamus you know and jeff listen listen oh jeff God. pack it the fuck up and get back your get your ass back up here you better be here for the grand opening i know you're not going to be but you better be here for the grand opening <laughs> i know you're not going to be but please show i didn't even know where i was going with that but i just <laughs> like, i wanted to paint a fucking picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. so jeff likes spicy mustard on his ham sandwiches <laughs> him and cheese, him and cheese sandwiches. Hey, i'm thinking i'm thinking if, if it's jeff i'm thinking jeff probably he's probably a boar's head kind of guy you know he's probably 
He's probably get. He's probably getting. No, he he could do Publix. He's gonna do the Publix brand. Yeah. Yeah. Is he is he a little is he running light on money these days? No. Oh yeah. So he's Borset all the way. Yeah. And then he's he's a Publix fiend though. Yeah, but he, you know, he's got. He maybe even had a sub made up by the people at Borset. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> right, like the Publix counter, and he's over there. He's like, "Sir, do you want the Publix brand or the Borset?" And fuck that, I make money. Give me the Borset. El Yeah, give me another dollar. <laughs> give me another dollar per pound, bitch. I'm, I fucking got money. I work. I work at the Marlin, the thirsty Marlin, black, black Marlin. Marlin. <laughs> what the fuck? I love you, Jeff. I swear to God. He's smiling up a storm <laughs> yeah. right now, dude. He's ear to ear. He's ear to ear fucking smiling. That fucking motherfucker. Jeff, do you remember that one time? You remember that one time you, you, you ran you ran out of beer? Some your your roommate drank your Mephistopheles. He still from talks Avery? To me. He brought it up the other uh-huh. week. Yeah, who who came who hooked you up, Jeff? <laughs> who hooked you up? <laughs> the new co host of the uh of this <laughs> new of, of this podcast is the one who hooked you up. Podcast with Mike hey, and Dave. <laughs> listen, I <laughs> it has a better ring to it. Did you always go Mike and Jeff or Jeff and Mike? Mike and Jeff. Yeah, yeah fuck him. He's always second. <laughs> well, I do most of the work, but yeah. That's you do all the heavy lifting. Neither here, yeah, he shows up, does his part, does he's good at it. He's 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 people love him. I love him. I love him good. too. I, I seriously love him. He's a good person. Seriously, everybody. If if any of you guys hear this, don't think for whatever reason Jeff is, uh, you a know, big old piece of shit. yeah. Don't think he's, he's a piece of shit. Seriously, just the fact he's that the he doesn't come up to Orlando is not. That's not his fault, guys. No. He so. runs a very successful restaurant. Yeah, I, I imagine so. he does. Right, I imagine he does. Yeah, he does we're, we're, we're proud of you, Jeff. Oh. And uh, listen, Jeff. On, in all sincerity, from the bottom of my heart, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway. Back to the show. How'd you like that break? Yeah, dude, it's awesome. And somebody went and had a Kit Kat during yeah. that break. <laughs> or Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. <laughs> or an Almond oh, Joy. Oh, this is getting juicy. They're talking shit about Jeff. <laughs> and now Civil Society or whatever. He's smiling. They're, they're, yeah. He's smiling yeah. right now. He's loving it. He's like, oh, my God, I'm getting airtime, and I don't have to do any of the energy and effort. <laughs> Yeah, we should like get it. That's right, we boss, should literally you do love me. We should get like a phone and dial them in, like cable into this whatever. Dude, this guy's got like I'm no lie. Right now, I'm looking at this. There must that's be about word, seventy fucking buttons on this thing and dials and little knobs. Yeah. And honestly, I bet you if he wanted to be, he could do DJ shit on this thing. He could like literally go to the club and just you know. Yeah, where's that fade button? I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> drop David out. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, that was that was a nice tangent. Yeah, dude. I, honestly. <laughs> Mike, I, honestly, I, I know, this, I know is you. Is this mine right here? Yeah, that's okay. your uh, last snow. My last rum barrel aged last snow. No, 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 that's regular. No, this is regular. Yeah, last regular. Snow? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to break out okay. the. Uh, they didn't, they didn't chill down enough. So, um, so anyway, back to uh, the topic. So, craft beer is, is cannibalizing itself, and it's it's because from my point at the retail version, you know, I said craft beer is fifteen percent, and. The people buying the bigger beer, you know, the macro beer, Anheuser, Michelob, whatever, we're all baby boomers still. So you see the, the demographic shift of the younger crowd, the younger being, let's say, 34, 33 and under. Millennials? Or buying, buying, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a derogatory term here. Don't, but, don't, why do you smile when I said it? Why are you smiling? <laughs> I don't, because you smile first. <laughs> he looks at my eyes. Every now and again, Mike and I won't look at each other. And then every I now we make eye contact, and we literally both have to fight back our boners and our <laughs> smiles. It's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> but, but you, you think see. Preston's laughing his ass off oh, to you yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah. I miss you, Preston. I won't remind me to bring that up later. So, so you see the age, so you see baby boomers and older are still buying, you know, the Budweisers, the Bud Lights, because that's what they grew up on. And uh, airplane flying over us. 
And you see, you see the, the younger crowd buying a craft beer, but it's, it's going to take a bigger shift than that. It's going to take something needs to change. And um, kind of this, this topic is so loaded. I don't even know where to, where to kind of to, to lead it. Um, but it's a, it's a problem. There's, there's too much distro. Too many breweries are having come out with two different beer, too many mm-hmm. different beers, and it's becoming like a whole, a whole shelf of Cigar City. And I, I think it's consumers want to buy the unique, the unique, the the one-offs, the limited releases, because those, whether it's a Sam Adams Winter Lager or the Sam Adams Spring Mix Pack, those Utopius. fly off my shelf. Utopias, yes, <laughs> like all all the seasonal stuff. I call it a two-week grace period to where the first two weeks, everything flies. Then after that two weeks, it's stale. Yep. Whether it's a new release, a new distro, uh, you know, whether it's Jackie O's or, or Lord Hobo, the first two weeks, it just great, crazy. Yep. And then it dies down because everyone gets it, tries it, and like, oh, okay. See, but... Uh, make the decision, and they may buy it a month later. They may buy it the next day or may not buy but it again. you being in, in, in that portion of it, that side of it, right, as in product manager, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're doing those orders and you see that, you can't use any of those numbers from the first two weeks. It's, it's unrealistic. You yeah. just have to say, well, that's great. We got a bunch of cool beer in. We got some good stuff in. And then immediately afterwards, you have to just sit there and say, okay, when it calms down, then I know what I can continue to order. Because if you were to order more, of yeah. that stuff, you're going to have some, some, some sitters. Yeah. And that happens with, you know, for example, like when Paradise first came out. You know, we got, they threw Sunshine, the distributor. They flew all, all four styles, the uh, Session IPA, the Red Ale, the Red IPA, the Strawberry Blonde, which is good. They're all good beers. Mm-hmm. The Honey Cream all flew off. The first two weeks, I mean, we had to do, you know, four case orders for each because it flew off the shelf. Now, they're not dead, but they're, they're definitely slow moving. Yeah, because everybody got everybody got that little. Uh, I had something different. They had that honeymoon phases over, right? And now what they're looking for, Mike, they're looking for that next beer that you're going to throw up on the shelf. That's going to have that a little bit of a lure of different. They're going to tackle that, and then they're going to wait for the next one and next one. But remember, there's only so much money in the consumer's pocket, right? Right. There's almost there's only so much shelf space, right? And there are beers that I'm sure, I'm sure that you look at and you see them just sitting and getting dusty and dusty and dusty. Like yeah, they gotta go. Clean them at like they gotta go. Yeah. They gotta go, man. Yeah, you and, know. And some of the beers are like really stellar beers. Yeah, they're just not moving. You, you, and I think, I mean, I can only speak for the Orlando specific Orlando market is that the crowd and the, and the clientele is so fickle of what I could bring in something that I've had. Like, dude, that beer is gonna fucking kill it. Yep, and it not move. And then I can bring in another beer that's like, oh, I don't know if I should bring that in, but I have an empty spot on the shelf. I need to fill it, and that beer is through the roof. Yep. Selling out. Remember, so, and this by means, by, by no means whatsoever am I saying anything negative about any brewery um, in Central Florida. But the truth be told, there, we have a very, very hungry and very thirsty crowd in, in Central Florida. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would honestly tell you that I've, I've been over Tampa, and I've been to South Florida, Beyond Funky Buddha getting a huge, huge, huge amount of distribution footprint down in South Florida, Cigar City on the, on the West Tampa Coast, side, yeah. I will tell you that they don't even get the numbers that Orlando gets. Jacksonville, nobody gets the beer in the numbers that we get at the limited, the, the rare, the one-offs, because people are hungry. But remember, the wallet's only so big, right? So the more breweries that open up, the more that you go down, you support local, support craft, right? 
your local bar, you become hyper local. And then the more you go down to these, these stores and you're picking up the one-offs, if more breweries continue to open, there's only so many gallons, you know, how many, what, how many half barrels that can be brewed of beer. Beer goes out and it goes out and goes out and the consumer can only drink so much. So right. everybody is looking to fucking slap their shit all over the shelf. Right. And, and the consumer's just going, okay, I'd rather go down to my local brewery and try some stuff. Ellipsis Brewing, near, located near the central, uh, the Orlando International Airport. Right. Uh, less than five minutes, actually. Yeah. Um, Mike was wrong. If you leave out of that little terminal. Well, I was just terminal, the, uh, Facebook page. Yeah. I, less than. No okay. big deal. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but anyways. Who wrote you, that? But <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I, I would love to meet that that. <laughs> shithead um but if you guys ever go and you, and you sit there and you, you walk into a store and you look at everything and you, you you go to tampa and you look at it and then you come to orlando and you look at it and you go to south florida and jacksonville and you say holy shit what is going on with orlando and i just think it's because we've never really had the beer scene that the other areas of florida have had right this is craziness i bet you pensacola the panhandle i bet you they, the the beer flies out there Right, yeah, I remember. I remember watching. Border. I remember watching people go. If we can get some white oak age highlight up in the Panhandle, it'll be gone instantly. Mm-hmm. And I remember going over to Total Wine the other day and watching, looking and seeing flats of that stuff just sitting on the floor. Right, it's and it crazy, moves. Dude. It'll move over a couple of. You, know, move. you know that they'll sell out, but, but not, still, not rushing. Do we remember what it used to be? Yeah, it was one can you behind the counter. Somebody. You don't remember that shit? The one can behind the counter of white oak highlight. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I think. You know, we can we can point a little bit of blame on the consumers too, because it's 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 it's. I'll say it all the time. I think craft beer is cannibalizing itself in, in terms of there's just so much out there, and and you know, craft beer in the beginning when I got started was about quality, was about you know the craft, about the art. Yep. And now, I mean, I hate to say it at a brewery, but craft doesn't mean quality anymore. Yep. And because everyone's so gun ho about getting into distro because they think distro is the answer. And there's a lot of bad, bad beer. There's a lot of mediocre beer. There's a lot of infected beer that's not well done. And that is it's hurting each other. And it's, it's, it's an absolute shame. And with the distro the way it is and the shelves, like those breweries are going to get weeded out and mm-hmm. shut down yep. because they're not make cutting it. Yeah. So that's going to raise competition. We're- Lakeland Brewing just shut down. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. They officially shut down last week, right? Yeah, a couple days ago, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing the post right before the new year, and they were saying this will be our last day and cash only. Right. I don't know. That doesn't. I mean, I don't know the reason why specifically they're closing, but rumor is it's the quality, man. It's just the the beer was a little bit pricey, and it wasn't good. Think about where they're at, too. Okay, it's Lakeland, right? Right. I'm not saying anything negative about Lakeland, but I lived in Lakeland the, but, for six years. But the, but the truth be told, <laughs> no, the, the, they were in. Lakeland's not I heard a I heard they had town. a beautiful, beautiful oh, like yeah. spot. So I imagine their, their lease. Big lake. I imagine their lease was fucking outrageous, right. right? And I imagine that they were brewing some beers. And the, the problem is, is maybe you know these these people that live in Lakeland are like, I'm going to Tampa to get my beer. Right. And, and you're, yeah. you're fighting you're fighting that, and it's like you want to do something there so people don't have to go. So then you have to really get that wow factor going, mm-hmm. right? And we we all can look at Untapped. We can all look at the numbers and see things and see okay what a beer is doing, what a brewery is doing now. There's average ratings on brewery, breweries mm-hmm. and stuff. But I want to talk about something in in that whole piece of what you were talking about mm-hmm. the distribution and the startup. So. You have a brewery, for sure, right? And, and yeah. I and I talked. Listen, one thing uh, that both I, I I can I think I can speak on your behalf of is Mike Peter, myself, and even Jeff, 
shit, that's got to get bleeped. Um, and they're like, why did, well, what, what does he mean? Work, well, he goes, what does he mean that has to be bleeped? They don't like, even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't even know. So the big thing is this. I think we're all, we can honestly say we're all craft beer nerds, connoisseurs, yeah, yeah. enjoyers, enthusiasts, yes, yes. right? So Absolutely. I, I, I talked I talk to these guys over here at Ellipsis, right? And I'm like, listen, you know, you guys do whatever the hell you want to do. Don't, don't, don't let, let me be the one to say where a business needs to go and sure, how it sure, needs to yeah. be ran. Mm-hmm. By all means, I don't have a business. So right. I have no business talking about how a business is right. being ran. Right. How many times can I say business in the same sentence? <laughs> business so one of the things i was talking to them about was getting into distribution okay right yeah and it's like okay first and foremost you need to make sure you brew good beer right but you can get away with brewing okay beer you can even get away with brewing bad beer you can that's the truth right it's true yeah. and people will it's come down that's true people will come down and they will drink your beer because it's a local because you're their local brewery and they just want something. So as long as you're not in a spot where there's 30 breweries, like all within walking distance, and you're not the, the, the lowest guy in the totem pole, you're good, yep. right? Then what you do is you watch your crowd. You watch them. You watch them and you go, okay, everybody's liking what they're drinking, right? Now we're going to go and we're going to start looking at distro. Don't do cans. Don't do bottles, right? Okay. Do not do that. That is a death sentence. What we talked about earlier, what happens when the store is ready to take your beer in cans and bottles and you just start flooding them and then you have batch after batch after batch ready to back up because you think your stuff is the next best thing. Right. And then, that, and then somebody goes, nope, it's not selling and you got to take it all and you got to dump it. Think about as a business. How much big money loss. is lost there, right? It's Meanwhile, you're paying for the lights, you know, the staff, everything. So you go into distribution with kegs and you go limited kegs don't give your beer to everyone you give your beer to a few local spots you give your beer to a few spots that are outside of your reach right i mean here's the thing you want your beer if you're in florida and you're in central florida you want your beer to hit tampa you want it to hit miami you You want want it to to hit jacksonville because you want them to go oh my god i don't know what this beer is but i need to drive next time i'm in orlando i'm going to try it Right. Right. So that's 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 a benefit there Mm -hmm. that will draw people in. If you oversaturate your Orlando market, there's no need to come to here. Because you can just go get it anywhere else. Every Tom, Dick and Harry has this stuff. Right. Then last but not least, if that beer sells out, the beer in the tasting room is selling out. Then you go into cans or bottles and you sell them from the tap room and you start off small. Look at civil society. Mm -hmm. Intelligent. Look at Red Cypress. They have a few cans in, in the distribution, but they're smart. They're limited stuff. Their Carl flies. Their Erlene flies. And, and the, the death roll. And it all goes in, yep. and they sell it from the tasting room. They make an event out of it. People come in. They have it on draft. They buy it. They bu- take their cans home with them. And they didn't have to pay that distribution price. 100% correct. And then, 100% correct. Yep. then when you're done and you can't keep up with everything that's going in your tasting room, and you can't keep up. Then you say, okay, get a couple more bright uh, fermenters, throw an extra bright tank in, maybe an extra, you know, uh, an extra brew, you know, set up with, you know, a, a kettle and, and another mash tun. And, and you start producing just to keep those mouths that are so hungry, you keep them going. But it's a stair-stepping process. How many breweries go from zero to 60 and blow their wad? And they're ready to go and they come out the gate. And next thing you know, there's every can that they have is everywhere and nobody wants it. I can name a few. Yeah. 
and name a few, you name you, you name, name a, a lot more than a few, especially right. if you go out of Florida. Right. Right. You can go you can go out through the entire United States, and and these breweries are going to end up closing because eventually their expenses are going to exceed their the income. income. Yep. It's just it's just basic basic stuff, guys. And I'm not. I don't know how many breweries listen to this stuff, and I, I, I'm not. By all means, a lot. I'm not. I'm not. A, <laughs> There's a lot of breweries. I, I'm not show. a brewer. I'm not an owner of a brewery. I am. I'm very fortunate that my family <laughs> opened up a brewery, and I can come down and pick up a couple shifts, and I help out in the back here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to be able to stand on the other side of the fence as a consumer and be able to have a voice and talk to a couple owners and say, "Hey, look, you do it whatever way you want, but if I were to do it, I stood in line, man. Like I've stood in line in the freezing cold, and I've stood in line in the freaking boiling heat." And I'm going to tell you something. There's a right way to do things. There's a wrong way to do things. And to, to blow your wood and, and just load and get a canning line or pay for that canning line and then try to get your stuff out because yeah. you think you've got the best recipe, let your beer build and let your customers tell you when you're ready to go to the next level. They won't verbally tell you, but they'll tell you, and you'll see, and your tap room sales go up, and you plan it st- baby well, steps. I, yeah, you, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. And, and, and so many times it's – I, I think – I love you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Brewers, most of them, and it's not a full knock, but tend to not be good business people. Brewers should be focused on brewing beer. They should either have another investor or a partner or somebody else who knows the business and who would exec- – that you nailed it. You hit the nail on the head. It goes slow. You don't want to go right off the gate because your beer may tank. Like it may you, – you may be good in kegs, but when you put it in cans, it may not hold up. Correct. And then you have a huge problem. Yeah. And then there's so much out there that you get one chance with people, and then when, if you blow that chance, it's going to take a lot from them to come back. Well, how about how about even let's let's go now. Let, we've talked about from opening a tasting room to selling beer on draft to letting a couple of kegs go into distro to canning, right, sure. and yeah. selling out of your tap room, and then we've even talked about the next step, right? right. We talked about going into full distribution with everything. Right. Let's talk about the, the step after that that nobody thinks about. Like you're, you're, you're super ex- successful now, right? right. You're, you're, you're Cigar City. Right. And then you go and you take your beer and you go, and I'm glad he stepped in the bathroom. You go into Brew Hub and you say, you can have my beer. Mm-hmm. You can have my recipe brewed on a large scale. Look, by all means... The Cigar City, if they ever listen to this, it would laugh at me because they're like, oh, who the hell is this guy? Like, he, right. what does he know? I will tell you what. Their success, right? We talked about $650 million selling point, right? Their success, and then there's super, super, super successful to the point where there's no matter what you do, you're successful in three different stages. It doesn't matter which one you live in. But when you go and you push your stuff, even that step further, even further into someone else makes it, Right? Why not keep it there? Why not just keep it at your house? Keep it at your house and open up, maybe open up another piece of property, brew it more. You know, I just, and because, because it ends up happening. There's mistakes that can be made on any different step of that level. And I think that if you just, yeah, it would be nice to have your beer sold in all 50 states. It would be beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you mean to tell me that, you know, just having all of Florida on lock isn't good enough. Having the whole Southeast isn't good enough. Having New York and the Northeast on lock. I mean, when, when does it stop? I mean, what's, what's the end goal? At that point, just sell. If you're looking for that big payday, just sell it. Sell it all off and, get, yeah. and walk away. Yeah. And walk away with your big $650 million paycheck yeah. I and mean, retire. I mean, there's no foul on that. The, all the neckbeers can talk shit all they I, want. It, it, 
you scale up. You continue to scale up and you lose consistency, you lose quality, and then you lose customers in the and process. You're, and you'll lose the brand. But you'll lose but but what you lose you'll make up in another state because there'll sure. be every one person you lose, you'll gain a hundred and, and that's understandable. But then what are you in it for? Now that's where like you you're getting grief about people that just take the sell out and you understand about that. I would give more grief to that side of the person that didn't sell out but sold out in terms of just trying to get their beer everywhere and then it gets shit all over and they lose the they lose that allure right. of what they had of being local and they're no longer local now right. i mean they're 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 it's macro that, it's that weird in between they're macro right i mean they're they're right there dude and, and macro for people who don't know it's it's barrels per year output and then percent ownership that's all that's what the brews association classifies as macro than uh, gastro pub and, and they break it down per barrels and you know you know, in order to be crafted, one person or an independent party has to own seventy five percent or more, yep. and they have to do X amount of barrels lower than was it like yep. some huge like five million yeah. barrels. Yeah. Or whatever and, that number. But is how many breweries? Below. How many breweries try to stay right under that gap? Oh, there's at least. And why? Why would you want to stay under a that? Ton. Why would you want to stay underneath that that point? Why would you not want to be considered macro and you want to stay micro? Because you're trying to appease the millennials, you're the craft centric people. The fifteen percent. They want that title. They do not want the macro title because then you go, "Oh my God, we'll lose everybody. They'll lose them." What? So they play those games and people buy them. And, they... and there's ways to be macro and still not be a shitty business. Yeah. There's, is uh, is Yingling macro? Ma- no, Yingling's considered craft. They're still craft. By definition. Yep. Right. I mean, but I'll tell you what, Yingling's they're a good beer. Here. It's a good beer. Yeah, I like it. Great. I'll drink. I'll yeah. drink it. Oh, yeah. You know. Um. And and but I mean. I mean, they're everywhere. On, I, I guess on the west east side, of the, of, yeah, east of the Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah, you go on the west side. I know you can't get it, but I mean, th- come on, that's almost macro. So let me ask you this: Do you think breweries are, are to f- at a point guilty of blowing their own spot? For example, here's a good example: Funky Buddha. We talk about Funky Buddha all the time. Send your hate emails. That's fine. I'll read them and reply. Funky Buddha. <laughs> I mean, when we started, I miss you, Jeff. Episode one, when you first came on, almost two years, oh, almost three years ago, three years in October, Last Snow was you had to know somebody to get Last Snow. Mm-hmm. Or you had to physically either go down the brewery or have someone mule for you. Drive. You had to have. We drove. Yeah. Mike, you Mike, had to make the drove. trip. Yep. Now, Funky Buddha has Last Snow everywhere for nine ninety nine, and it sits on the shelf. doesn't move. Yep. Now, it, it, I said correct. It It'll moves. Move. But, but there's so much at of that it. rate. There's that so it. much of it that it sits. But and if Publix you look is at their, trying to get rid of it. If you look at their sales, their sales sheet, I bet you they're happy with it, though, because oh, absolutely. they've outbrewed it, right? They outbrewed the demand, mm-hmm. and now their stuff still sells. It trickles, but it becomes like almost like a seasonal beer now. Right. They don't look at it as their select or their whatever. I don't, they have a, a terminology they use for their once a year or twice the, a year. The brews, Living Barrel right? series. But, the, the, but now it's turning into the seasonal it's a yeah. seasonal offering that's, that's on the shelf. Year. Yeah, that okay. By the time the next batch comes out, all the other all the other stuff's gone. Right, right. So successful, sure. Right, successful, but how successful? Yeah, and and for a good example is, you know, I work for you know on the retail side. I have five bomber spots of just Funky Buddha. I still have Fire in the Hole. I have a little bit of Buttercup. I have uh, Strawberry Shortcake. I have I'm so excited. I'm so scared. And we just got Last Buffalo in the park uh, today, actually. Which store is this? Uh, the one in uh, Waterford. <laughs> Insert Donald Trump meme. Wrong. Um, Wrong. But that's five spots being taken up by a single yep. brewery. 
how like that's and plus on top of their four year rounds and their seasonal four pack of which is right now it's Nip Smuggler. Yep, or sweet smuggler. potato casserole as blueberry. Well, yeah, blueberry, blueberry cobbler. cobbler. It's uh, whatever. What's the other one? The IPA, more and more. More more. That'll eventually you, you yeah. have your Floridian. You have your you know the the hop simulator. You have look at the, you, uh, man. You're like gun. a craft beer. You're like a like a funky Buddha. Like, oh yeah, bank so of that's, knowledge. If, if you really think it's 10, 11 spots at which is one location, my location that's being taken by one brewery. How is that beneficial for them? So that this. I, I guess the, the, what I'm trying to get is how does bre- how do breweries fix it? Do you scale back? Do you scale more? Do you, are you selective? Or no, do you, you got to get out of state. So you got to get out of state. At, you got to get out of state. Yeah, the yeah. To move out. You, I bet you everything that you have in your store right now, send that to like I, let's just say send it to Wyoming. <laughs> Why Wyoming? Utah. I, I miss you, Jeff. Um, <laughs> but if you send it, every time he hears that, he just smiles right now. He's I'm smiling. Smile. But um, ear to ear. Yeah, he's like, dude, I'm almost finished with this ham and cheese sandwich with the stone ground mustard, spicy mustard, maybe not. I don't know. Yellow. Come on, Jeff. Write us, please. I feel like he's a Dijon kind of well, guy. You know what? Write us, please, Jeff, because since you're not on the show anymore, if you could just write us an email, <laughs> let us know what your thoughts are. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> but I say at that point, if you're brewing, um, if you're brewing enough that your stuff's sitting on the local shelf's market, um, then you, you really got to look at just taking that beer and going out of state with it and get it to places where it can't go and say, okay, I mean, it, there, it, what, have, what have we talked about in the past? Um, it's not a bad thing to have more demand than there is supply. It's not a bad thing. No. Right? It's, no. It's the reverse. It's the other That's way bad. And where's Funky Buddha falling into? They're producing more, more than selling. Than demand. Right? But if they were to get into more markets, get out of state, get into where they need to go, It'll continue to sell, and then, but I would say limit what you do local, limit back a little bit, and then just put more of it in distribution. Sell it, sell it in the markets where it sells. Yeah. I, I want to bring up another topic, and like I said before, earlier, we're, I want to touch this on that with you know, uh, more roundtable, too. Um, pricing, beer pricing. He's David shaking his head. Oh, like, my Son God. Of a bitch. Yeah. Do you think. Uh, I'll let, let me take a step get, back. Yeah. Let me take. Do you want me to? Hey, do you want me to get you a beer real quick? Because I could. I could definitely go for another beer. Yes. Do you want me to? Do you want to? Like, what do you want to do? How do we? Jeff, can you please call in live? Oh <laughs> shit, we don't do that. Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. So what do we? What do we do right now? Do you do like a pause? Do you like an intermission? Yeah, that's fine. Let's do. Uh, I'll do the milk. The milk district. The milk district. Yeah. So back from our beer break. Yep. Thank I'll, you I'll, for I'll, letting me pee. You're welcome. Um, my eyes were starting to turn yellow because the gauges were full. Oh, yeah? Um, but, All that beer but, you're drinking. But no big deal because we miss you, Jeff. <laughs> I shouldn't say that when you're drinking. So we got new beers. Drinking the milk district. Lactose happy, eh? Solid. Love it. I got F&Gs this time. Fucking new guy. Yeah. Fucking new guys. Fucking new guys. So we left off on pricing. How Funky Buddha's last snow was nine ninety nine, and then now you have bombers like Founder CBS. You have the last Buffalo and that was, that's pushing thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. So there's some even bombers that are more limited that are, I've seen at fifty dollars, like the biscotti with the maple bacon. Yeah, the, the, the bourbon 50, barrel yes. aged maple imperial Bureau, biscotti, biscotti cake, cake break Mexican break. Mexican yeah, with, cake break. Yeah, that's a that was a I saw a Shamrock for fifty bucks, and like the amount. Of, so I kind of want to like know your opinion on kind of where do you see like trends so with the pricing with styles that you see in that you know or kind of picking up styles that are slowing down maybe styles that you 
might sum up, you know, the year 2018 is going to be this style. Like, I think last year was the year of the New England IPA. I think, I think that was I think it was 2016. You think? Yeah, but I I, I mean, look, let's let's talk about the most popular. I know Jeff again with his ham sandwich, ham and cheese sandwich, boar's head, quality cut. Um, I know he's Thick. screaming. He I, I know he's screaming right now because he, he's he's going to say it. Everybody everybody does like an IPA, right? Everybody does. That's the most popular style. I get it. Wee IPA, New England IPA. That's great because it's different. It's unique. It's it's you know it's very approachable for not just the people that are huge enthusiasts, but it's also great for beginners that are walking in. Mike, how many people have you served in a New England style IPA to that don't like IPAs, but now they like IPAs? Well, I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah, a, a ton of people. Right, and you know, not everyone's a hophead. But and a New England style is super approachable. There's no, it's a very low bitterness, a lot of fruit character, a lot of the hops really come through. And then you can kind of build from New England to maybe East Coast styles, like a Dogfish 60 Minute. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of go West Coast if they want. Get that piney, danky. Super yeah, piney, yeah. melt your mouth. Yep. Uh, Stone is one of those breweries that at least that we can get in Florida from that side that is, you know, yeah, solid OG, IPA. an OG yeah. West Coast IPA. Yeah. But, but IPAs always be popular, right? We, we know that. It's the most popular brand right now. But... I reluctantly agree. Yeah, but <laughs> stouts and sours. So it's IPA, stouts, and sours, right? Those, and I'm talking about the, the imperial stouts. I'm talking about the ageable stuff. Um, and I know, I know, I get it. Funky Buddha makes an imperial porter that's barrel aged, right? Right. Come on, stout porter. We're very, very close here, right? Yeah. Roasted it's malt. It's really cutting hairs at, yeah. at a certain point. But think about this. How many times have you bought a bottle of wine before? Never. I don't drink one. Jesus Christ. You're missing out, man. (laughs) Um, But you've seen prices on wine because you work at... I drink bourbon. Yeah. But you you see the prices on spirits and wine, right? Yeah. You see them, right? And so you say, what's the price point? What is a person willing to to spend on a bomber, on a 22 or 25.2 ounce bottle? And I'll tell you, how many times have you seen people come in and pick up a 30... $40, $50 $40, $50 bottle of wine or a $70, $80 bottle of spirits? Very rare. Very rare. Oh, it's usually down. <laughs> very, only for my location, okay. super rare. Okay. Because, I, I mean, that, um, there's a very, very intelligent person that I met one time. Uh, his name's Matt. He's also one of the owners of Ellipsis Brewing, located just under five minutes from the uh, terminals at the Orlando <laughs> International Airport. Shameless plugs yeah. from my on TPC my, Boulevard. So for my friends, Sweet Eight, yeah, Sweet Eight, <laughs> seventy five hundred TPC. That's Thomas, Peter, Charlie. <laughs> it's actually not even Boulevard. I think it's like. It is Boulevard. I think it's Boulevard yeah. Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's they're screaming right now. Do you want me to cut you off now? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We have to check that out. But it's Boulevard. Okay. Yeah. So, um, over, he Matt said to me, he said, you know, I'll, I'll buy a bottle of wine all the time. That's thirty, forty bucks, right? My yeah. wife will too. Right, you remember my wife? <laughs> what did I ever say that way? That because oh, we're gonna I get some ADHD, like a a cow or a or call like, her a like a pig, a cow or like a pig or an elephant or something, or something like, that. like that. Yeah, because she has to hear this back. And I was telling her last night, I'm like, we're gonna get crazy. We're gonna say some stuff, and I might bring back that whole by like, we you mean me. you yeah, yeah me yeah, yeah. we as in we we piggy <laughs> goes we 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 in a market like the wee. Geico commercial <laughs> the little fucking anything Stuart you say Stuart that's wee. enough or whatever. That was one of the best Geico commercials ever, by the way. Um, but anyways, Matt had said that if you attribute craft beer to wine, 
right? And you're talking about these barrels and all the the stuff. If you're willing to spend that in a bottle of wine, and granted, wine can be recorked and you can save it for later. Same with spirits. If you look at it that way, you don't feel so shitty about spending $30. But I will tell you, Mike, the price point, I, I have a strict price point. My wife is going to fucking flip. Are you ready for this? I have a $75 limit God. On, a, on, a, on a bomber of beer. On a single bottle. On a single bomber of beer. Okay. Uh, that's my, that's my okay. cap, $75. Because I paid for a double barrel Hunapu. I, shit, she's going to be so mad. <laughs> Listen, right now, sweetheart, you and I, as the, by the time, fast forward in time, as you and I are listening to this right now, I'm smiling at you, a little blush red right now, going, I'm sorry. I, he's, he's I'm sweating sorry. a little bit, Victoria. Yeah, yeah, sweating. Shit, a little slight sweat. She's going she's gonna to fucking kill me. Um, <laughs> but I, a double barrel Hunapu, yeah. $75 a bottle. I, worth it, every fucking penny of it. Um, right. But... My, that's, my, that's so high. But my, but my limit is like, so you had a cycle, right? And I sure. always, I look at cycle now as kind of being the most expensive in the, in the community mm-hmm. and, and, and all of Florida, right? Because there's nothing I'm willing to stand in line for beyond Red Cypress. I will stand in line. If anybody from Red Cypress is listening, I, Ray, I think works over there. He's fucking mega cool as shit. He's an old guy. Awesome. He walked me through the back, gave me my first tour back over there, popped my Red Cypress cherry. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I make sure I get the noise effect. He didn't. He didn't drop that. That was all me, by the way. The acoustics came from David, Mike. Beep. So, Red Cypress is the only brew I've ever stood in line for in Central Florida. Not saying I don't like Central Florida beer. I'm just saying that was the only I mean, beer. I, yeah, I stood in that line for fine. that last anniversary party they had. Um, we were there. Yeah, fine. yeah, for November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. November. The great thing the is bur- it's right after my birthday. It's right after my birthday. So mm-hmm. that's why. I mean, that becomes as a tradition. And what I think needs to happen is that tradition carries on. Every year we meet up there, and then maybe later we come down here, and maybe these guys do a cool release in the afternoon and coordinate that time. Right. That'd be pretty cool. That but anyways, cool. yeah, <laughs> Matt, Rob, beep out that first name. Thank you. Can you do that? Yeah. I meant to say uh, I meant to say a couple of different things, but whatever. Can you just beep that whole chunk? <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> beep. Shit. All right. Let's try this one more time. Ready? Lauren, Matt, and Rob. Yes. Yes. Thank you for clearing Welcome. that up. There's a weird I bleep so there. so much hours in this. Yeah. Episode, somebody, somebody's, somebody's listening and they're like, what the fuck just happened? Why did that whole chunk get bleeped? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I'm hoping that Lauren, Matt, and, and Rob. Rob are listening and they know that after Red Cypress does their big release, if they could do a release down here of something cool, I would love to be able to travel from Winter Springs down here to Orlando, Southern Orlando. That'd be fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Two, two birds, one stone, one day. And it'd be cool. And it'd be even cooler if they could, like, collaborate together yeah. and do, like, a collab. And then, like, you get, like, a different beer there and a different a beer yin here. A yin-yang kind of thing. Dude, that one would half be there, fucking one half awesome. Yeah, yeah you, get the, you get the stout up at, at the, there, and you come down and get the New England IPA down here. Right. I mean, fucking, that's a way, like... That's a way to like give back to both breweries right. and, and just the beer scene in Orlando. Sure. But anyways, Cycle. Cycle Brewing is what we're talking about in price point. Mm-hmm. Um, Cycle's selling some of their double barrel uh, variants. Double barrel. And they don't double barrel like uh, some of the other breweries do. They actually take one barrel and they fill that barrel to the brim or barrels to the brim. And then when it's done, then is the key word on their bottles – they transfer the entire thing. A lot of the other double barreling is half here, half here, and then blend it back together. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Cycle's really, really capitalizing on that true barrel then barrel. Right. And I, I pay 35 bucks for some of those beers. Now that, 
my wife, not bad. My wife's kind of like looking right now, and she's not even that mad. She's mad about the double barrel Hunapu, the $75 <laughs> yeah, bottle. She just found out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to happen. Because she always, <laughs> dude, Mike, every now and again, I pay what? Are you, what the? F-? So every now and again, I open up um, my cellar and I got to reorganize and I lay out all my bottles. And she asks me, if you had to sell all that beer right now, or if you, if you had to put a price tag on all that beer, right. I said it's How about, a, it's about 100 bucks <laughs> total. <laughs> Yeah, we're not talking about how much no, it is, okay? Yeah, no, yeah, no. But there, I do have one bottle in there that, that she stood in line with me for, right? On her birthday, Mike, you'll love this, right? So we're talking about price points, right? Sure, so yeah, we'll, yeah. why don't we try to like tie that all together, right? right yeah. Let me save this uh, sinking ship that I just my ADD's taken over with. Um, we went down to uh, Cycle on her birthday. So what we did is we went to her parents' house. Sure. We slept there so my son could be babysat that night. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a year and a half ago. So on May 20th of 2016. Okay. Okay. I think that's a year and a half ago. Fuck, whatever. Right? I'm not a mathematician. Numbers. Numbers. I'm not a mathematician. That's Matt's job. Yeah. <laughs> so I miss you, Jeff. Um, so, <laughs> and I love you. So what we did, we drove down at like two in the morning from Lake Mary, Lake Mary, and we drove through congestion on I-4 because I-4 had to do a planned lane closure. Right. Okay? So we drove down I-4. We got stopped at Altamont Springs uh-huh. with just like lane closures shut down from the I-4 Ultimate. We finally are able to bust through that thing, right? I'm panicking. I'm sweating. I'm freaking the fuck like out, now. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, God, this place is so warm. <laughs> uh, so we drive. We get down there. We sure. get down in line at about 4 o'clock in the morning. Okay? That's, Think about that. God, We're in yeah. line at 4 o'clock in the morning, and Doug, the, the, the owner of, of Cycle, comes out, and he starts taking a Sharpie at, at... Now, by the way, we're waiting in line. It's freezing fucking cold, right? We're waiting in line. Even in May, I don't remember. It was, like, cold as shit. So he's going around, and he starts taking Sharpies and writing on everybody's hand the number they were. And my wife and I were 199 to 200. My okay? goodness. Okay? So 4 o'clock in the morning. The beer at that time was $200 or $20. No, $30. I fucking numbers are all over the place. It was $30 and it was a barrel aged. It was basically, it was a Neapolitan milk stout, right? Mm. Like, you think about that. But it was bourbon barrel aged. It was an imperial milk stout. It was rare DOS treated with vanilla, chocolate, and, and strawberry, right? Right, right? And it was a collaboration with Three Sons. So, Three Sons and Cycle came together and broke the world. Like, right. okay, the beer great like um we didn't even stay around for draft i grabbed it we went i went back to work that day we get it we pay the 30 bucks we get two bottles is limit one per person i think i think like 500 people showed up and there was another 100 people that got that basically got the 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 kick so we end up coming back we drive all the way back up to orlando we got the beer today that beer right yeah is valued on secondary market at like 1300 dollars right now $100. $100. No. So when I lay shit. out, again, so going back, when I lay out all that beer and she's giving me shit about it, there's one bottle of beer in there that is $1,300. Secondary. I could raffle yeah. it off right now and make that money. You don't want to do that, that bottle? I'll fucking drink it. You're going to chug it. No, no. Listen, and, <laughs> and speaking of which, and I don't even know, I don't care if these people on uh, the podcast hear about it, but um, we were talking after the grand opening. Uh Right. We want to do like a friends and family, like appreciation kind of day on Sunday. So um, Lauren was telling me that she thinks um, they'll be open from one to five. 
and then from five onwards, we'll have like this kind of bottle share, free drafts, maybe get some food catered in or, or whatever, right? And we'll and like like close friends of the brewery and like staffers, right. and we just kind of fucking have like a little party, right? Yeah. And yeah. and I was thinking, I was like, maybe that's the time to open a bottle. Ooh, Mike, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, Jeff. I'm glad you're not making it up because I don't want to have to pour you a sample because I want it to last a little longer around the crowd. So um, that's what I'm thinking about. I got a couple other bottles that are big like that. Dude. So, But anyways, the, 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 to answer your first question with, with all the ADD that got thrown at you just sure, now, sure, sure. the biggest, most important thing is um, if the beer has already built its hype and is already out there and it's, it's, it's a badass fucking beer and it's got that $1,300 sticker price, $1,200 sticker price but on you're, it. You're talking I will play. Market. Yeah, I will, I will pay no more than $75 okay. right now. If I go and I'm looking for a craft beer in, in, in Florida and I'm going to go stand in line, I will pay no more than 35 That's my cutoff. Okay. Right? That's standing at that brewery. But then you think about your time and your energy standing in that line. How much is that worth? That's right. worth even more. Your gas. Your, right? Um, and really what I want to do, Mike, with that beer, I yeah. don't want to sell it. I've never sold a bottle of beer ever. I'd sell it. Do you know what I do? I want to fucking open it with you guys. Yeah. I want to drink it with people and like have everybody go, wow, this is why that beer is so highly valued because it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I bet it's really good. So it would it, be really good. And by the way, I say $35, but I did buy one of those maple bourbon barrel-aged imperial biscotti Mexican cake break is what I think they're called. Yeah. I did buy one. 50 bucks. Sorry, Victoria. I bought one from Shamrocks. They have one more, and I almost bought the other one. It's still sitting there. I was just in there on Monday. Or, yeah, uh, no, I almost, no. I almost bought Tuesday. that. I almost bought that. I, I almost bought it. Ago. Yeah, I almost bought another one. And I, I bought the regular. I bought the $17 one without the maple, you know. I almost bought another one. So... I think, I mean, real briefly, I, I think pricing is, is out of control. It is. But there's no foundation for me to stand on that because if that's what the market says, then... If it supports it, by all means. You're, you, if your beer can pull $30 a bottle and you don't sell it at $30 a bottle, I mean, that, that's great. That, that's, that's kind of you to not do that. But the truth be told... Hype is... Pricing is all about hype. And, but how many All breweries are selling their beer cheap and how many stores or distributors are marking it up themselves True. because they know True. the hype is there. How much, do, you, do you really think that that bourbon barrel-aged Mexican Imperial Biscotti Cake Break is really how – much, how much do you think that bottle cost? Oh, probably like from brewery to distributor, probably like 20 bucks a bottle, 25 bucks a no, bottle. No, I, I think even less than that. I, th- I, I want to say that if you were to break down the cost of each mm. bottle, if you had to go with for the monetary value of what it took for a break even for that brewery, I want to say they're probably at 10 bucks per bottle. How crazy. How and, crazy. And, but, but who's marking it up? Is yeah. it the brewery? Is it the distributor? Because you know you can't sell it to a distributor at the cost that you pay in your tap room. Right. If, if I sell a beer out of here as a beer tender and i sell a beer that's 20 bucks how much do you think they get sold a distributor for eight bucks yeah and then they mark it up to 20 cigar city does it all the time you go over to the tap room at cigar city and you could buy marshall zukov and then you drive you could walk over to the total wine right next to them right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the same beer is the same exact price so they set their dollar price whatever the distributor setting it at but then how much is the house taken 
So there's oh, like three. The margins are even better. You're taking your three steps in the process, and so the beer is so much cheaper. That's why I kept talking about that 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 process of the steps to success. If you're a brewery, and if you don't get past one step, you don't go to the next one. I mean, but if you sell it here, if you sell a four pack, I love you, Jeff. If you sell a four pack, a beer out of here for eighteen bucks, sixteen ounce cans of of a of, your margins are through the roof. You're making money here, a ton but of now. Money. If you want to sell that for 18 at the store, think about all the Maybe, cutting. Yeah. Think about all the cutting. Everyone needs, their, everyone needs their, their cut of it. And that's, I think that's where breweries like Silver Society is doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Now, their beers are expensive in terms of pricing. A four-pack, I've paid like 22 bucks for a four-pack. Why not? But, think about that. But their cost four per 16 can. Four 16-ounce cans. I mean, right. Their yeah. cost per can. Let's just say it's for argument's sake, it's five dollars. Uh, yeah, that's a little high, but yeah. I mean, or you yeah, know, you're each right. four pack yeah, is four dollars. Yeah, yeah. Just say, just yeah. Each four five pack bucks. is four, bu- four, five bucks on their cost. They're selling a five dollar four pack at their cost for twenty two dollars. Yep. And they don't have to pay the distro fee. They don't nope. have to pay. They don't have to worry about freshness. They don't have to. And it's how all do they get? In-house. How can they legally do that? By the way, I don't know. Some state law. Do you know. want to know why that state law is in place? Bush Gardens. Okay. What is Bush Gardens known for? What do they brew? Bush. Yep. So back in the day, um, and and honestly, Rob's probably going to listen back to this, and he'll be able to clarify this, and maybe some of your other listeners will know a little bit more about it. Um, apparently, there was a law that allowed self-distribute because if Bush was to brew a beer mm-hmm. and then had to sell it to themselves at SeaWorld, stupid, or yeah. Bush Gardens or whatever. I'm sorry, Bush Gardens, right? If they had to turn around and sell it to themselves, to distributor, yeah. yeah, hey, pick up my beer. Oh, by the way, turn around and park in the other bay. So I believe because of their big, you know, how much money they have, back in the day, they were able to make a deal happen, right? They were able Mm -hmm. to, like, work that deal in and set a law because they have money. The law was set, and that opened up the fucking doors for all these breweries to be able to self, not distribute, but sell sell out of your own taproom because of what they did. And I'll tell you what, I bet you now Anheuser-Busch is screaming screaming at that that law and that that, yeah. that that what they allowed because it actually set the stage for somebody else. But hey, you made your bed, sleep in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, even even you know, I went to Shamrock a couple of weeks ago and I picked up a, a four pack of tall boys of Jay Wakefield's twenty fourth street, which is their brown. Yep. How's it? I haven't had it, nineteen dollars. Four pack sixteen ounce cans? Yep. I'd pay that. For Jay Wakefield? For Jay Wakefield's beers. Yeah, but why? You know, you have a you, nineteen paying, dollar no, brown ale. You're paying for that brewery. You're paying for the brewery, dude. Honestly, let, let Jay Wakefield is in a league of their own in terms of uh, all their barrel aged incredible beers that they're brewing. I mean, you want to talk about secondary? But this is just a brown ale. But 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 they they carry the hype. That that, and that's that exactly the point I'm making. But they're local, yeah. But they're what they what they're selling locally to us has been successful based on what they've done in the market beyond that. Right. You know, and and that's that's the point I'm trying to make is pricing. I think is very big on hype. I mean, Maduro Brown's a great brown ale. It's nine, I love that nine ninety nine six pack. I love at regular. Price. I love Maduro. Dude, it's a, a great nineteen dollar four pack of the same sixteen style. ounce cans. Correct. But but you haven't tried the beer yet. Maybe it's I the haven't. best. Maybe it's the best brown ale you've ever had. It's possible. And then you're like, oh my god, nineteen. I paid twenty five. It's possible, but you, it's also but, not possible. But we set that price. You bought it. I did buy it because I'm a sucker. Yeah, and we bought it, and we support. We continue to reinforce 
that bad selling point. Right. I mean, Mike, I'm going to tell you how many times I've walked in a store and I don't look at a lot of prices. I don't look. I just go, I want that beer. I'm buying that beer. And I continue to reinforce the, the improper selling habits. Mm-hmm. I do. Everybody does. We all walk in because we got to have new, 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 right. new, new, you know? Right. And that's the way the market is right now. So, so it, it doesn't matter what the price is. Who knows where the cap is? But I can tell you that I think 35 is getting a little steep on, on, a, on a bomber. But if I were to tell I you. I think 30 is way too high. Well, no, no. It's, I'm, I'm just telling you. Like, I think like you get to 35, I think people are just going to go, yeah, no, fuck you. Right? Yeah. Especially if they haven't had the beer. Convincing someone to spend $35 on a beer they haven't had. Yeah. They may or may not. Now, like if it, you've had it and they see it's hype, then you can mark it up. Right. So you could almost wait. Until see what the beer does, and then say, okay, now as a beer store, I'm going to release it. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I know we're not talking about distribution per se, but I want to tell you something. I, I went down to the guys. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, Pat's Leaf and Liquor. They're right around the corner from Shamrocks. They're on Alafea, right near near the entrance. The yeah. Yeah, I've been yep, there. At that it's been a while, but I've yeah, been there. Oh, they've got a lot of Dusties, yeah. right? And a lot of Shelfies that yeah. are really, really good. So... One thing I went in there and talk, I, had a, I had a long, long talk. That's back when I used to run the uh, Central Florida Brewfinder page, yeah. which I sent shut down because it was, I was the only one contributing right. to hunting down all this beer and nobody Rest else was providing, piece. right? But um, they, I told them, I said, you just got last snow. Back when last snow was a thing, like a right. big, big thing. I said, guys, listen, how many customers come into your store when you release last snow, because you got it, you're just like every other beer store that gets last snow. You all get it on about the same couple of days. Within two days, yeah. They all freaking put it on the shelf. They rush. They rush. They panic. I got to get it on the shelf. I got to get a sale. I got to get a sale. Sure. They put it on the shelf. They mark it up a little bit. Everybody runs around. And I said, why would you want to, as a store owner or a store seller, whatever, why would you want to sell a beer? And not make any sales elsewhere in your in your tap or not your tap room, but your, your beer store. Yeah. Why wouldn't you say in order to buy this, you have to buy a four pack of Nip Smuggler to be eligible to buy it? You'll you'll push a beer that's already like sitting, or you could play another game. Why not take that beer? Say I know everybody's gonna sell out. They'll sell all their beer. Are you getting tired? No. Yeah, I miss you, Jeff. Um, so what you should do. <laughs> So what you should do, you should take that last snow bottle, put it away for a week. How many customers come up and just buy that beer and cherry pick you and then leave? Hold the beer. Hold the beer. That guy hold it for a Someone week. Someone brought that up to me because we just got Last Buffalo in the park. I'm like, why don't we just hold it for a little bit? I go, it, no, got, it got too much distro. Yeah, Last Buffalo. Go, don't no, play around, around that. the shelf. Yeah, yeah don't do that. Shelf. Um, One per it, person. Yeah, because then you, then you never sell it. Then One you're PP. like, you're yep. like, oh man. But then it looks bad if you have a great beer that's on the shelf. It looks bad for the people who. Drink. Yeah, like, yeah. They, this but, location can't even go so through that with social media presence, right? What these some of these breweries can or some of these bars can do, or, or sorry, beer stores. What they can do is they can wait till everybody blows their load. They all rush out. People go around cherry picking. They buy and they spend only their money because if I'm buying five beers, I'm only gonna if I'm buying five last snows. I'm only spending my money on five last snows. I'm not That's buying it. any of your other beers. Right. Right? Right. So now you hold on a week. Back in the day, two, two years ago, hold yeah. on. They started holding back a little bit. Oh, we didn't get any last snow. We didn't get any last snow. We're hoping we get it. Yeah. We didn't get any. Boom, we got it. Everybody's already sold out. People come in. And I, I don't know if you've ever done it. I, I'm guilty. I go in, and I'm like, I can't just walk up and ask for that beer behind the shelf. 
I got to go shop the store, and I'll buy another bomber of something. It's an right? interesting point. Interesting right. Point, so yeah. as a as a, and so if you get something that's ultra limited in, hold it back. Let the other guys blow their load. Come in and sell it a week later, as long as you know it's going to move. It, right. like, like, we all knew back in the day, anything Funky Buddha would have gone. You remember yeah. watching the Lemon Meringue? Just yeah, dude. gone instantly. Yeah. It's like, yep. wait, what, a lager? Sticky treats. Yes, yeah, sticky treats, right? Is Lemon Meringue a lager? Uh, it's a sticky blonde. treats is, right? They're both blondes. Okay, so you go and you, they, they have beer like that that sells out, and you could play that game with it. Hold it back a week, and then they started doing that. And he started now. Nowadays, don't do that. Don't if you're listening anymore, Pats. Do not do that anymore no, because the minute you get to throw on the yeah, shelf. yeah. Nowadays with Funky Booty, you got to sell it. But if you get something else like Jackie O's in, it's okay to play a little bit of game in the first couple of weeks. Sure, sure. So, kind of wrapping up the show here, I, I kind of want to know. We kind of we briefly touched on trends. I want to know what you see as trends coming up. You know, it's it's January eighth, uh, like you said earlier. What trends do you see in the within the industry? Uh, in this year, because I have a I have a theory. I'll throw okay. mine at you for for give you time to think. I think meads will blow up this year. I think this is be the year of the mead uh, with Garrigus. I think that's how you pronounce Garrigus winning Hunter. Garrigus stay, Garrigus stay, Garrigus stay, whatever. Stay, whatever. Winning Hunapu those guys in Tampa that make mead. Uh, they won Hunapu, and it kind of changed. Everyone was like, "Oh shit, a meadery won best beer of the show." And, and starting to pop up more and more of, of Mies are starting to kind of slowly kind of make their footprint within the craft beer clientele. So I think going in, we're the eighth day into 2018. I think this is going to be the year of the Meads. Yep. I think Sours will still be big. I think Bourbon will take a, a step back, not a big step back, but Bourbon Barrel Agent is going to have to take a step back in order for breweries to start doing Hard seltzer, water, hard seltzer, hard water, hard waters. Yep. Uh, more sours, sours. I think are going to continue to grow this year, but I definitely see mead being top top dog because mead's relatively easy to make. Yeah, it's just time consuming. But but to make good mead doesn't Correct. take doesn't it takes time. It takes time. It does. Um, I and would. I had shrams. Is oh that my how you god! Yeah, 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 yeah. You pronounce it right, shrams. You yeah. brought it in, right? Yeah, Your probably. Current mead. Oh Jesus Christ! Blew my fucking mind. Yeah, but see, here's the difference. And it wasn't watery. It was nice. Yeah, it, a little it, bit it, thicker. It, it, yeah, it's. It, Holy but here's cow, the problem. Dude. Here's the problem right now. Gariste, Gariste, Gariste. I, I can't even pronounce them. I don't even know what they're pronounced as. Right. I should probably Wikipedia that or whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Pips meadery, Gariste, uh, superstition, and shrams. Five. Is that five? Four, four or five. Is that I think four? Gariste, Pips, Pips, right? Shrams, Shrams, and Superstition. That's yeah, only four. four. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy, right? That's four. That's four meteries. Okay, um, a lot of breweries won't do meats because it's a different license. Mm-hmm. Okay, and here's the thing: is you brew or you 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 make out of this honey mead, right? It, it is a very tedious process in terms of making it great. Anybody can make a mead. We had a couple of customers bring in just a braggot and a mead and stuff like that. Sure. And in order to make really, really good, sometimes it involves making a barrel, barrel aging this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Letting it kind of evaporate a little bit, thicken up. And, I mean, I've had some incredible meads. There's meads. If you look over my, my back right up there, there's a couple of bottles of mead up there yep. from Shrams, especially, yep. and also Superstition. Um, my, my thought is this is this – is, this year will be known for it, and, and if we're talking about the United States or if we're talking about Florida, it's a little bit different. But I think this is the year 
of New England style IPAs. Even though there's already been years of it, I think this is uh, watching some of these other releases that a lot of people in Orlando are doing, in South Florida, in Tampa. Everybody's trying to capitalize on that New England style IPA because they know it's approachable and they know it's juicy, it's hazy, it's everything that is great for somebody who's great and you know very knowledgeable in craft beer, but somebody has no idea what they're doing in craft beer. Sure, it's approachable, and meat is great too. And I've 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 cracked bottles of meat here, and I've watched people go freaking nuts. I have never ever had meat before. Uh-huh. It is incredible stuff, but I think the effort and the money that's spent on it to brew good stuff, good meat, I don't yeah. think it, pay, it it pays off well. I mean, they have to charge $30, $40 for, for mead. They I, can, yeah. I mean, they can get away with it. 375 mil bottles. That's what they fill. They fill these tiny little bottles, man. I mean, I like crafted mead. May not, may not be the best mead, but the flavors are there. Oh, yeah. I, yeah um, they're not bad. Even bee nectar can be pricey, can be very yep, pricey. Yep, for their, but, for their better stuff, yep. Right, but it's still enjoyable, and that's a subjective word. I, but I remember um, back in 2008, walking around uh, Epcot on their mm-hmm. Food and Wine Festival, back yeah. when it wasn't like a real big thing, and I remember stopping in England, their little area, and then I actually remember getting some mead, old world mead. Yeah, and I remember sipping on it, going, I, "I like this more than every wine that I'm currently having around this festival right now." And that could be an entry and level to wine. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like a, it was very good. And then yeah, I started getting the plum wines and some of the sweeter stuff, moscatos, and and I and started you just, you just build and build and build and, build, and you yeah. build. Yeah, you grow and stuff. So it, it definitely helps. And I would be very, very interested to see if somebody would do like a good braggot, you know, like in that that middle kind mm-hmm. of. Is it a is it a brewery beer or is it a meadery beer or meadery mead? You know, right? But um, yeah, man, I'm definitely all about meads. But I I, I really think that if you if you keep your ear to the ground, I think it's going to be everybody feels that they have to brew a New England style IPA because IPA is the highest selling style of beer. I think everybody goes, I have to make a New England style IPA, and the damn recipes are all over the fucking internet. Right. They're all over there. You can't if you do a little bit of research you'll find some stuff. Now to perfect it, that's an art, right? right? We all know that. So what do you think so far, Mike? Pretty good podcast? Yeah, dude. You think it's gonna be good? You think yeah, they're you think they're hanging good. on the edge of their seats? Yeah. Absolutely. I know when I hear it back I'm gonna be hanging on the edge of my seat. My wife is gonna be smiling from ear to Until ear. Until she gets to that part of the double barrel that she's got want to divorce. Mike, you. why do you have to fucking repeat that? Because like <laughs> at this point so much time's gone by, she's forgotten, and now you just spite that you just, Yo, you just man. Hopefully you'll get this far. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully she doesn't. Hopefully she's like, I'm tired. I'm Flat going line. to bed. You can yeah, keep, yeah, you can keep yeah. listening to this bullshit. Idiot. This just stupid. Can, can we talk about one more thing before we go? Absolutely, yeah. Can we really? Can we? Yeah, sure. So I want to talk about the ch- uh, cider chug club. Okay. Is that is that something they know about or no? Uh, it's been on the show. Okay. So, we, we mentioned it. It's not a. I mean, we have a fucking t-shirt. Our first t-shirt awesome. was a cider chug club member shirt. So, which is on our I'm website, not, guys. I don't at wanna, thebarpodcast.com. At thebarpodcast.com, Mike B. Top left, click the store. Yeah. The f- number, it's a second shirt. Listen, if, if none of you guys that are listening or gals have li- are listening have ever chugged a cider or a beer before, let me tell you something. You, you always walk in a little nervous. I don't know if you've the first time you ever did it. You're like, I don't even know if I can actually do this. And then you're actually surprised at how good of a job you actually do tossing a beer back. It's, it's the first one that you, I didn't finish. Yep. It's the second one that you fucking nail. Yep. And you, you nail, and then shit. you kind of get in this rhythm. Boom, boom, boom. So I don't want to talk about the, I don't want to name the name of the group that I run that has a, a chug group. Yeah. But um, Mike is, has been entered in that chug group. And one, one thing I want to let you know is I, whenever this is live, yeah. 
uh, or I'm actually it's available for people to listen to because it's not going to be live. Obviously, the episode or this part. Yeah, I want to actually make sure that we. Uh, I'm going to promote that in that that uh, group, right. right? Because I think any of these guys that are driving and that long New York drive of theirs, it'd be good, like just good listening material, right? Um, but we we chug and we do a little trash talking in there, and it's it's fun, right? It's a good time, Dude. right, Mike? Oh yeah, it's a good time. Maybe maybe one day if Jeff can stop being such a little bitch, maybe. <laughs> Maybe he could join too, right? Maybe. You think he would be? Think I think he'd be. Could, a, think maybe we can make make him chug a Mephistopheles. <gasps> Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? Nobody even funny. His inaugural chug. If he chugged a beer mid yoga on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, listen, Jeff, I, I, we're gonna have some real talk. Listen, I have never. This group is savage, though. I have, yeah, yeah, but, but you laugh. It's, it's a good Do you laugh, though? Oh, yeah, I laugh. Jeff, I have never had sex on the beach, right? And I'm not <laughs> talking about the drink. Listen, but I want to tell you, because I, I, he's talking about your yoga on the beach. What the fuck? Yeah, but this is uh, cool, man. Jeff, I've never had sex on the beach. Not no, the no, drink. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jeff, a very important thing, because you do live on, like, and he's very close to the beach, right? I mean, Jupiter is right there, right there. okay? Yeah, yeah, he's there. Jeff, listen, do not ever try to pull that off. Because a little bit of sand will blow in, and that becomes sandpaper, and that's not good, man. Don't ever try the the, the screaming seagull either. <laughs> you want to know what that is? What that's is like the- you're just going at it, and then you pull out, and you dip it in the sand, and you go back in, and she screams like a seagull. I don't know. Not Steven Seagal either. Like, don't think of that. <laughs> that's, Dude, that's, how, that's much fun? how much fun that's are we lot. having? Dude, I'm having a, a fucking blast, dude. Can we do yeah? this like more often? Yeah, yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Guys, listen seriously. I got this nice laptop. This what's, is the first episode with a new laptop. What's your What's Hopefully your email address? Like what's your email address for this page? Uh, at the bar podcast at gmail.com. Okay, guys, listen. Do me a favor. At this point, we're we're, we're definitely coming to a close, right? Yes. And and yes. guys, whatever you do, um, please or on are you gonna go on Facebook with this? Yes, this okay. is going everywhere. Guys, yeah. please. Yeah, let's do it on Facebook. Guys, listen, seriously, don't email. That's just fucking stupid. Um, go on the Facebook page. At the and bar when podcast. he posts this. Yeah, what, where's it at? At the Bar Podcast. At the Facebook. Bar. Listen, so at the, the bar, bar Podcast. podcast okay. Go on there. Listen to this. And then do us a favor. Give it a little like, honestly, because you guys don't understand that as you give it a like, that means you enjoyed it. That also helps kind of continue to promote the brand. When you guys go on there, drop a comment because if you're drum, if you're commenting, sharing, or liking, Facebook's going to continue to make sure that you guys see this podcast. Leave a comment on there and let him let let Mike know. In all seriousness, did you like the podcast today? Was it good? Was it a funny fire, one? David. Was it one of your funnier ones? Was it not? Should we bring Jeff back? Should we actually get rid of Jeff and bring David back yes, as a regular? Time, yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Let, let, I, I say us. us. I might get kicked. Let Mike, let Mike, <laughs> let Mike beep. No. I, I read everything. I'm very much uh, in that shit. Yep. So, uh, and then, and last but not least, Mike. Yeah. I mean, not, last but not least for me, because I'm gonna, I'm, right, at yeah. this point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip that little switch right there because okay. you've had enough of me. Okay. Um, switch, last but not least, button. Uh, last but not least, guys, on January 20th, which is a Saturday, Starting at 1 p.m. and it will go till midnight. Ellipsis Brewing, located right next to the Orlando International Airport, a few streets back from Semron, a few streets over from uh, Lee Vista. It's in that little northeast quadrant. Ellipsis is going to have a ton of specialty beers. I've tried a few. Mike's tried a few. They're they're doing some pretty crazy things. Yeah. Um, there is going to be a badass little food truck lineup. 
there are going to be some. We're, I'm looking at them right now. Ladder ball. There's some giant there's size jumbling tower. Because yes. I don't know if we're allowed to say Jenga. Um, and then there's <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be some cornhole. Lauren was telling me that they want to do like a cornhole tournament okay. out in the back, right near the food yeah. trucks. Yeah. Um, not throwing them at the food trucks. Yeah. And they're also going to do a. Um, I don't know how I feel about this one, but they're going to do a, a beer pong tournament. It is what it is, right? Some sort of a competition. Maybe just play. Maybe just play right, and right. stuff. You'd probably throw the Pilsner in there. Maybe the Black Sheep, some like low ABV beer, whatever. Uh, you know, guys, there's we'll going to there's there's be, there's be a, a ton, ton of games. games. A yeah, ton of games. A, a ton of games. And we have and, space for it. Yeah. And by we, I mean the square feet. And the back doors are going to be open. Yeah. So what, I'm, what Rob was telling me, he wants to open those back doors up. Those two doors right back here yeah. by the bathrooms. Yeah. He wants to open them up and go all the way to that bay door. And he wants to shut down kind of, you know, so you can't get around the brewery equipment. The, the equipment. And then yeah. you just go straight out to the back. And the food trucks are going to be at the back. You park out front. There's, I mean, how much parking is here? A ton. Especially yeah. on weekends. Yeah. And if you guys can't get enough parking out front, you go to the back. And it's just going to be a blast, guys. It's just a big fucking party from yeah. 1 to midnight, January 20th. It's a Saturday. Ellipsis Brewing. Grand opening. Come help my family out. Make sure they pay their bills. And make sure my nieces get a nice Christmas this year. <laughs> All right, Mike, I'm going on the off button. I'm going to let you go and take it away, right? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Hey, Jeff, Jeff, I love you. I miss you. And I hope that ham and cheese sandwich with stone ground mustard was amazing. And Dave is off. So, yeah, we have. there's a ton of space at Ellipsis here. A lot of space for games, a lot of games. Everyone's super cool, like we said. And it's going to be a great time. So January 20th, like David said, Come show up, drink with us, hang out with us. We'll be here celebrating the grand opening of our new favorite brewery, family-owned, friend-ran friend uh, breweries. It'll be a good time. And Charlotte, great beer. is full 16 tap. Everything's going to be on tap. Specialty stuff. Um, some There'll be some base beers. I used to get to try the base beers and some treatments of those base beers. New England IPAs, stouts, porters, brown ales, a whole the works, guys. And it's a great space. A lot of games, like I said. And it's super easy. I mean, great locations. And we're in the center of everything. So come on by. January 20th. Cannot plug that enough. And I'll plug it on the Facebook and social media. January 20th from 1 to midnight. Ellipsis. E-L-L-I-P-S-I-S. Brewing. On 7500 TPC Boulevard. T-P-C Boulevard. Suite 8. Thomas Pickle Charlie. Sweet eight. We're on, we're on a no outlet, so there's going to be no through traffic, lots of parking. be a great time. Great music blaring. Good food. I mean, this is a, a non-miss event, so make sure you bring your asses out here and support great quality local beer. But once again, I do miss Jeff. I miss Jeff all the time. Jeff, I love you, man. He, he knows that, though. Jeff, we'll have to talk about your employment at a future date. <laughs> No, Jeff, you'll always – this show is half you, man. You'll always have a spot here. Uh, but once again, thank you for listening to this special episode with at, recorded at Ellipsis Brewing in preparation for the grand opening. And as always, everybody, I will see you at the bar. Peace.